Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? It's time for the tech news for Thursday, July 21st, 2022. Let's get to it with some stories about Meta. A class action lawsuit filed against Meta means that CEO Mark Zuckerberg and former COO Sheryl Sandberg will each have to testify in federal court regarding their alleged roles in the Cambridge Analytica scandal. And it seems like a lifetime since that scandal first became public. Now, in case you do not know what that scandal was all about, a British political consultancy firm that worked with conservative political campaigns here in the States leveraged data that had been scraped from Facebook. So there was this app developer slash professor who had created a political survey app. And it was a pay-for survey, so you would get paid if you took it. But what the people who took the survey didn't know is that by granting the app permission, it gave the app uh, 
a, an elevated ability to see into not just their own personal information, but that of their friends on Facebook. So the app essentially made it possible for the app developer to look at friend profiles as if the developer were, in fact, that person's friend. And so the app was able to collect massive amounts of information from people who never consented to share that info in the first place, right? Like if you were a friend of someone who took this survey, you didn't tell the survey that it was okay to scrape your data. Anyway, Cambridge Analytica mostly proved to be an ineffective entity as far as the political campaign consultancy gig is concerned. But it still is true that the company relied heavily on information that violated consumer privacy laws. Meta already went through an investigation that was conducted by the Federal Trade Commission about this, and the company had paid out a $5 billion fine. That's billion with a B, not chump change. But this case alleges that several key executives at the company were responsible for how the Cambridge Analytica story unfolded. They say that the executives knew more about what was going on earlier than they indicated, and that they may have even taken some steps within the company to try and conceal what was happening because it did not reflect well on Facebook. The court has demanded that Meta hand over more than 1,000 documents that the company had previously withheld, citing them as privileged information. Looks like some of that privilege is going to get stripped away. Sticking with Meta for a couple more stories, nonprofit organizations that focus on civil and digital rights are criticizing Meta for its Meta Human Rights Report. That's an 83-page document that the company published last week. The report is supposed to document Meta's impact on human rights and how it tries to protect human rights. But these organizations are saying that the report fails to do this. Instead, it serves more as a whitewashing document meant to absolve Meta of its role in facilitating the spread of hate speech, extremism, misinformation, and that kind of thing. Further, the organizations say that Meta was citing its own press releases in the document to use that as evidence of how the company is working to support human rights, which kind of boils down into because I said so, right? Like a, like a, a, a nonsensical argument like that. The organizations also say that the document mentions several safeguards that are meant to protect human rights, but that the document fails to disclose that Meta has subsequently removed many of those safeguards. So there's this growing criticism that Meta's reports in general, not just this one, but others as well, that all claim to increase transparency, fail to include anything of real substance within those reports, and that the company is really just kind of going through the motions or putting on a kind of responsibility theater while failing to make significant operational changes that would produce results. Pretty nasty criticism directed to the company. And to round out our Meta News, a company called Meta.is, which is an art installation company, is suing Meta for trademark violation. Now, I'm pretty sure I actually mentioned Meta.is way back shortly after Facebook changed its name to Meta last year. Now, according to Meta.is, they tried to work with the Facebook version of Meta, but they found no real success there. And the art installation company now says it has trouble securing clients because people assume that Meta.is is associated with Meta slash Facebook. 
And why would that be a problem? Well, according to the art company, Facebook's reputation is so bad right now with so much negative press and perception that this spills over to affect the art company, even though there's no connection other than having the same name. And since Meta.is pre-existed Facebook's Meta, they, they are arguing that they should have the valid claim on that trademark. Whether or not that argument will stand up in court remains to be seen. And it's always possible, or even probable, that Meta slash Facebook will settle out of court if the law team feels their case isn't strong enough to win. All right, now let's talk about Netflix and the world of business, which I clearly do not understand. So earlier this year, Netflix held an earnings call and revealed that for the first time, it lost more subscribers than it had gained over a quarter. And subsequently, the stock price on Netflix took a nosedive. Well, the company recently had its earnings call for the second quarter of the year and revealed it lost nearly a million subscribers. So in the first quarter it lost 200,000. This time it lost like 970,000 subscribers. So that's like way more than it lost in the first quarter. That's not as bad as what Netflix thought it was going to be. The initial forecast was going to be a 2 million drop in subscribers. So it's not as bad as what they thought it was going to be. It was half as bad, uh, less than, better than half as bad, I guess. That's a weird way to say it. But yeah, less than half of what they, they had forecast. So still worse than they did in the first quarter, but not nearly as bad as they thought it was going to be in the second quarter. And revenue was actually up by 8.6%. So yeah, the company has fewer subscribers, but it's earning more money, largely because of, according to the company, the dollars standing in the world economy. And consequently, Netflix's stock price increased by 7.4% on Wednesday, which is wild, right? Like Netflix's stock price dropped when they lost 200,000, but went up when they, quote unquote, only lost 970,000 subscribers. I'm just not able to see the matrix when it comes to the stock market. And, you know, it's such a relief that I'm not a day trader because I would have completely lost my mind at this point. Microsoft and Google are both pumping the brakes on hiring new employees due to economic pressures. Bloomberg reports that Microsoft has been shutting down uh, open job listings in various departments like Azure and security. Company reps say there's essentially a hiring freeze for most departments, but Microsoft will continue to honor job offers that have already been extended to prospective employees. And they may make the occasional exception for positions that are considered to be critical to operations. Business Insider reports that Google has entered into a two-week hiring freeze while the company assesses its actual quote-unquote headcount needs. And like Microsoft, Google is also going to honor any job offers that have already been extended to future Googlers. So yeah, things are, are still looking pretty rough in the tech sector in general, we'll probably see that spill over into other industries as well or continue to spill over because it's already happening. Over in the UK, the GCHQ and the UK's National Cybersecurity Center are calling on tech companies to practice client-side scanning in an effort to seek out illegal material, namely images and videos related to child abuse. Now, this is an ongoing struggle and it is a highly charged topic because on the one side, you have people who want to leverage technology to uncover instances of child abuse so that the perpetrators can be held accountable. 
And that's completely understandable. Child abuse is absolutely horrifying. And on the other side, you have privacy advocates arguing that any sort of client-side scanning mandate is a huge threat to privacy. It's an enormous amount of surveillance. And it would also, arguably, necessitate the outlawing of end-to-end encryption. Because if you have true end-to-end encryption, no other parties other than those involved in that communication would be able to read the messages. So even the service carrying the messages would not be able to see what was inside that communication. So there's no way they could do scanning in that event. And if they're required to do scanning, then the logic goes you can't have end-to-end encryption. Now you can see the validity of both sides, I imagine, because yes, child abuse is terrible. It should be stopped. It, it absolutely needs to be detected and, and halted and better yet prevented. Now, on the other side, eliminating secure means of communication and introducing more surveillance can put people into danger, people who are innocent of committing any crimes. You know, maybe they are uh, a political activist or a journalist or something along those lines. And if you have a government that turns against those kinds of things, then having a client scanning side uh, you know, technology in place, one that law enforcement could theoretically access, puts those people at risk. So some of the privacy side argue that using technology to address a societal problem isn't effective, that all technology really does is go after a symptom or the outcome. It doesn't actually address the root causes and that the money and effort that would be spent making this technological approach would be better directed at creating social programs that aim to prevent child abuse in the first place. Okay, we've got other stories to talk about, some of which are not nearly as heavy as what we just talked about. But before we get to those, let's take a quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're going to talk about some stories that relate to electric vehicles. And first up, the U.S. Post Office, or USPS, uh, for the United States Postal Service, had initially committed to purchasing 5,000 all-electric mail trucks because it's adding 50,000 vehicles to its fleet. But now the USPS says it'll actually be closer to half of those 50,000 that will be electric vehicles and that when looking at all vehicles the USPS plans to purchase in the near future, which goes beyond just the mail trucks, it goes to everything, that's about 84,500 vehicles total, the USPS plans for around 40% of those to be electric vehicles. That's a good move, uh, especially for the mail trucks. They are notoriously gas-guzzling vehicles. Uh, the Grumman long-life vehicles, which are the kind that the USPS has in, as most of its fleet, they average around... Uh, somewhere around 10 miles per gallon due to the stop-and-go nature of postal workers' duties. So a switch to EVs would mean the USPS would significantly reduce its carbon emissions across its fleet. Over at the Ford Motor Company, it's planning on cutting 8,000 jobs in order to reallocate resources toward building more electric vehicles of its own. The layoffs will affect Ford's Blue Division, which is the part of Ford that focuses on building internal combustion engine, or ICE, vehicles. This follows the recent reorganization of Ford into the Blue Division and the Model E Division. And it's another sign of the massive shift in the automotive industry as more companies are transitioning to building non-ICE vehicles. Now, when it comes to EV companies, you could argue that none is more famous than Tesla which is back in the news because of cryptocurrency. So back in 2021, Tesla purchased a large amount of Bitcoin to the tune of about $1.5 billion worth of the digital currency. But in a recent earnings statement, the company revealed it had sold off 75% or three quarters of its Bitcoin holdings. Now, considering how far the value of Bitcoin has dropped since 2021, that could mean that Tesla took a 
fairly big loss on that investment. It's hard to say exactly how much because the company did not reveal at what price it sold that 75% of its Bitcoin holdings. Brian Johnson, an analyst at Barclays, estimated that Tesla was looking at a $460 million Bitcoin impairment from the sell-off, which is a big old ouchie. Elon Musk said that the decision to sell off the chunk of Bitcoin holdings had nothing to do with the cryptocurrency's value. He said this is not a condemnation on crypto. He said instead, it was just to free up resources due to the ongoing challenges of operating in China, which has strict COVID lockdown policies that have been disrupting Tesla's operations there. When pressed if Tesla would reinvest in Bitcoin later down the line, Musk referred to Bitcoin as, quote, a sideshow to a sideshow, end quote, which does seem like kind of a condemnation of cryptocurrency, so who, who knows? And this follows Tesla's previous move to stop accepting Bitcoin as payment for car purchases. It did do that briefly, but it has curtailed that practice for quite some time now. Uh, that was a move that the company credited to a concern about the environmental impact of Bitcoin mining. Whether or not that was the one and only reason, I don't know, but that's the reason they gave. James Murray, the director of the United States Secret Service, has announced his retirement, and he's moving on to join the private sector. And you might wonder, why am I talking about the director of the Secret Service in a podcast that's about tech? Well, it's because the company he is going to join is Snap Incorporated, the parent company of Snapchat. So Murray will oversee security at Snap Inc., which makes sense. Though I have to admit, if I were working in the security division at Snap, I'd feel pretty intimidated when the former director of the Secret Service came on board. A security researcher has found an interesting way to compromise computer systems that have an air gap. But before I even get into this story, let me just say, this exploit is technically possible, but it isn't in any way practical. So I, I don't think there's any need to panic about it, but it is an interesting security vulnerability. So let's talk about this. First of all, what is an air gap? Well, that's when you make sure a computer system isn't connected to the internet in any way. It is self-contained uh, and it's isolated. So it makes it very difficult to breach the system. If there are no pathways, you know, into the system online, then hackers can't really gain access, at least not remotely. But Mordecai Guri, a security researcher, came up with a way that theoretically would let someone steal from an air-gapped system, and to do so wirelessly. And that sounds impossible, right? And it almost is. So to get this to work, first, you would have to inject malware into the air-gapped system, which pretty much means you or someone under your direction or, you know, maybe you trick them or whatever, they have to physically deliver malware to the system in some way. Like maybe it's plugging a USB stick into a machine and transferring malware that way. So that's reason number one that this is impractical but not impossible. You know, people have been able to get physical access to air-gapped systems before, but it's not always easy. I mean, you, you might find it easier if you're able to trick someone on the inside to do it for you, but even that's risky. So then the researcher discovered that the SATA cables, S-A-T-A cables, that are used in these computer systems emit a low-power radio signal between 5.9995 and 5.9996 gigahertz. And that's not surprising. If you run current through a wire it will generate uh, an electromagnetic field. So 
these signals could act kind of like Morse code. Uh, it, you know, each character, as it goes over this wire, uh, emits a slightly different signal. So if you set up a receiver near a compromised air-gapped system, and by near, I mean you'd have to be within 120 centimeters or 3.9 feet in order to not have too much of an error rate introduced into the signal, and you limited your transmission bit rate to about one bit per second, remember a bit is a zero or a one, uh, then it means you would have to sit really close to the system for a really long time in order to get anything useful. Presumably, if you could somehow get access to this air gap system and then plant a computer with wireless capability close enough to it in a way that folks are not likely to see it and thus remove it, you could very slowly siphon information from that target system. So it's good to be aware that this vulnerability is possible, but it's an unlikely scenario you would ever encounter in real life. And that's it for this episode of Tech Stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to me and let me know about any topics you would like me to cover in the future. You can do so on Twitter. That's Tech Stuff HSW. Or you can do so on the iHeartRadio app by navigating over to Tech Stuff and using the little microphone icon. And you can leave a voice message up to 30 seconds in length. And I will talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.